Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate two seeds for a winner. Uh, uh. Listen, Laverne, you're shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. <laughs> and just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show. If you're missing, you missed the whole first hour. Just you're just tuning in right now. What are you doing? What could be so important? Outrandish. Outrandish. Which is part brandish and landish. Mixed into one. Outlandish. Let's say it like that. Don't worry. We're recording. Hour number one will be in the podcast feed starting a little later on this evening slash tomorrow. Hour number two. On Thursday, we'll get to Friday here in a second. Still to come on this show this evening, hardcore carnivore Jess Priles will be joining us in about 13 or 14 minutes from now. Don't forget, you can follow me socially if you so desire. At BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter, TikTok, at BBQ Central on Snapchat. Slash BBQ Central Show, Facebook and Twitch for live video feed. Slash RD Rempy for a video feed on YouTube where we have quite the active chat going on as well. Also, ad-free podcast feed experiences if you want. Two different places to sign up for that. Patreon page, which is patreon.com slash BBQ Central Show. Or you can subscribe right in the Apple Podcast app if you so desire. Or just do it as you normally have. Coming up on the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or less this Friday, episode 192, September 4th, 2012. This coming Friday, we feature one of the most ionic pitmasters in the Northeast and the country through the history of competition barbecue. Chris Hart from IQ was my guest back then, and we were talking about the what was then impending Jack Daniels World Barbecue Championship, and he was going to compete in it back in 2012. Team IQ, if you can believe this, Team IQ was going to the Jack for its 11th year in a row. Sorry as my hand is going over the Vortec watch there. 11th year in a row back in 2012 was going to be the number of trips that I, I, uh, IQ and Chris Hart were making. A huge feat regardless of team or sport. Team or any sport. Not only that, they were a past grand champion of that event three years before, back in 2009. But 11 years for this event is not something that many, perhaps if any, have even matched or beaten. I think Myron Mixon went 10 times in a row, but then there was a year, I believe I mentioned it in this best of, that he didn't go one year. Chris shares with us what it was like to win back in 2009 and what it took, what kind of cook they had, and how a team should gear up to balance both the experience of the Jack properly while also not getting lost in everything that's going on around them and having them bite in the ass on game day when it comes time to cook. A great interview for those who are looking to get some Jack background. And really, a lot of that information that he shares 10 years ago holds true to this day. So definitely something you want to check out. Don't forget, if you want to hear a guest or some other type of segment that we've already done on this show, send John an email and request it, J-O-N at thebbqcentralshow.com. And he will do his best to meet your expectations. Let me see if I can't set this up properly. Let me stop that. Let me stop that. 
Let me see. Can I fit those in together? I can. Great. So, is anyone else... You know, last week I talked about cigars. I got poo-pooed on a lot about cigars. I mean, we found out that John Solberg rolls his own cigars, much to the dramatic praise to many of you. But I'm not talking about that anymore. Is anyone a horse racing fan out there besides me? Granted, I grew up around it. I'm a partial to it. For many years, we did the triple crown run-up with Harry to Horse, who may or may not be alive. I cannot confirm or deny that, but mostly because I haven't been able to get a hold of him, so I don't know if he's just out of touch or he's out of life. Time will tell on that. Look, Saratoga is the race course of the country, the oldest race horse in the country. This past weekend, they ran the Traverse Stakes. It was like the hundred and. 60th running, or I mean, it's, it's a very long running race. All the best three-year-olds show up for this. It's after the Triple Crown takes place anyway, so they're well-rested, and here we go. Well, I don't know if anybody else was watching the races Saturday. This was the eighth race. During the grade one Farigo Stakes, a horse named Forenzi's Fire tried to bite, or as we uh, would say here in the in the horse racing game, tried to savage another horse. I have the video right here. He's the guy uh, right here on the outside lead. You can see my mouse hovering over him with the red and green hat. Now, as they start to come to the line here, look at, the, look at that. That horse is trying to take a nibble out of the other horse. However, the inside the rail horse, not to be outdone, wins the race. If you can believe it. So once again, then they'll show, you can see it right there again. He's going after that horse. The horse's name, by the way, is Yopan. I've never seen that happen. As I was digging to see all about this stuff, would you believe me if I told you that as we go back in 20 uh, this is the same race, right? Yeah. Hold on. If we go back to 2018, a horse by the name of Forenzi's Fire, where if you are now watching this screen, let me blow it out. He's in the middle now. You remember these colors, right? This horse that just bit the other horse as they were racing to the line. Well, a number of years ago, Forenzi's fire is now in a race for his life in the middle. Look at the horse on the outside as they start to run up towards the line. Now it's a two-horse race. Forenzi's fire is on the inside, and you got this horse on the outside. Check this out as they start to draw near the wire. Look at this. Boop. The horse that just did the biting three years ago got bit. Look at this. Almost took a bite out of the jockey. I mean, what are the chances of that happening? I've never seen that happen. And then within 30 minutes of me trying to find this bit so I could share it to you through a little due diligence on my part, the horse that did the biting on Saturday got bit two years ago or three years ago back in 2018. Unbelievable. So having been savaged himself. Forenzi's fire decides to do it three years later this past weekend to Yopan. Yopan, not to be outdone, went, takes the biting and continues to win the race. So let's do this. Let's start the clock on Yopan. That is your winner of the race. And let's put a clock on Yopan to see if he decides it's time for him to savage a horse in the future. Although, as you start to look at the age of these horses that were in the eighth race, I mean, these are not the three year. These are not. Andrew, you are not the <laughs> These are not the three year olds that you saw run in the Traverse Stakes. I think Forenzi's Fire is seven or eight. I mean, he's old. All those horses are old. They all have. Really good. I mean, it was a grade one stakes race. I mean, that's a major stakes race. 
600 and some odd thousand dollars to be won. That's a major race. But I think we need to now, because we have this history behind us that evidently nobody knew. No one would know. The horse this past weekend bites the horse that ultimately wins, but three years ago was bitten himself by another horse. This also seems to be done by the horse that's on the outside. So now we have to start tracking Yopan to see if two or three years down the road from now, he decides to bite another horse. And what will be spectacularly amazing if it does happen within the next two to three years is if Yopan and whoever he's going down the stretch, if Yopan is on the outside of that horse and does. Can you imagine the intrigue? I can't wait to track Yopan over the next three years to see if he savages another horse. And if he does, I will really, really try hard to dig up Harry to horse or to get in contact with him. Because then I think we've started to find some kind of a a nuance in the horse racing industry that nobody knows about. Where a horse gets bitten and then two or three years down the road, he returns the favor. And now it's developed into a thing. But enough of that. Let me talk to you quickly about Pits and Spits before we get to Jess Pryle. Since 1983, Pits and Spits has been handcrafting smokers and grills in Houston, Texas. And in that time, establishing itself as one of the premier brands and high-quality offset smokers and pellet cookers. Setting itself apart by using heavy 7- and 10-gauge stainless in every cooker, fully welded construction that you can feel, three or four stainless roll-top lids and front shelves on every single smoker. Why does it matter? Well, by using high-quality materials, they reach and maintain temperatures, allowing you to worry more about the meat than the heat. And by providing a fully welded smoker, you don't have to worry about grease or smoke leaking out of the barrel, that grill rattling apart as you move it through the backyard. Three or four stainless means it's an heirloom quality product you can pass down to the kids if you want. Now, where some companies focus on being a low-cost provider, Pits and Spits focuses on craftsmanship and quality materials. Are there cheaper ways to make these? Yes, but they don't like tack welds, cheap stainless electronics that you can't trust. Ridiculous. Having in-house manufacturing gives them complete control of the design and standards. Not something you find with items brought in from overseas. Steel suppliers give you material to be used in some of the harshest environments. Also, their controllers are made right here. They have unimpeded transparency into the programming. Pits and Spits has a dealer network across the country. But if there isn't one close to you, all right, call Coy at the shop. Tell him I told you to call 844-650-6250. Whether you're a backyard grill master looking to cook steaks for the family or a competition team, Pits and Spits has a product for you. You can check them out on the website pitsandspits.com, all spelled out, or see their pits in the wild across social media with our handle at Pits and Spits. Jess Priles is in the green room, and we will talk to her in just one second. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere, the Barbecue Central Show. Stern, Jim Rome, Dan Patrick, and Greg Rampey. The Mountain Rushmore of talk show entertainment. Now, let's get back to the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. This portion being brought to you by Pit Barrel Cooker, the most unbelievable outdoor cooking device on the planet. Currently available in three sizes. Whether you're a beginner, professional, definitely a cooker you want to add to the arsenal, visit pitbarrelcooker.com. And tell them the Barbecue Central Show sent you. My first guest from the second hour, the CEO of the Hardcore Carnivore brand of products, also a spokesperson for a number of Highline brands, book writer, social media, internet sensation, and quarterly guest of, uh, wait, Barbecue Central Show guest, Hall of Famer, and quarterly guest of, I mean, let's get everything right. Oh, my God. We welcome back friend of the show, Jess Priles. Hey, Jess. I didn't know that I was a Hall of Famer. You didn't know you were Barbecue Central Show guest Hall of Famer. I think you were actually like in the inaugural class. Oh, well, I feel great about that. Thanks, Greg. How many other barbecue or Hall of Fames are you in? 
<laughs> this would be it. Right? Yes. Here we go. You know what they say, one leads yep. to many. So look, for the folks who aren't following you on Instagram, I have become somewhat fascinated with the almost daily vlogging of those little tree rats in your yard that have amassed a picnic table, a pits and spits smoker, a kettle grill. Mm -hmm. Should I be concerned mm -hmm. that these squirrels are going to be taking over your internet dominance at some point? Well, you say concerned. I get people messaging me asking for more squirrel content. So, really? you know, tomato, tomato, am I right? Are they under the impression that at some point, like through osmosis, they're going to start prepping little squirrel-sized briskets or something? I mean, really, they just eat food and that's it. Yeah, they're super cute. I did some shuffling of the furniture on the patio and they haven't really been as frequent as I would like. But the funny thing is Pits and Spits built me that squirrel-sized smoker. It's a fully functioning, <laughs> like I've run it. It works. I've cooked steaks on it. My buddies and I have cooked steaks on it. Um, but when I talk about it, people aren't sure whether it's like a smoker for the squirrels or a squirrel or to, to be smoked on the smoker, which is not what's happening today. Like put a, put a squirrel on the smoker? Smoker? Yeah, like put a squirrel oh, on the barbie. come on. Thing. Who's thinking? That's outrageous. I thought it was very cute yeah. that Pits and Spits was inspired enough to make a squirrel-sized cooker. Very nice. Oh, Ryan was so happy to hand it over. It was a real joyous moment. I can only imagine. Uh, Jess, you want to play a game <laughs> right off the bat? Sure. All right. Tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, Jeff. Um, from Australia. I have a line of seasonings called Hardcore Carnival. All right. It's my anniversary tomorrow. Look at you. And huh? um, yeah, there you go. And um, I hate bananas. All right. I'll let that one yeah, go for now. No. We might circle back to that. Let's not. Question right no. off the rip here. Yes or no? Have you ever heard of the website Smoked Barbecue Source? No. Final answer? <laughs> I don't know that I'm the best person to ask this. Final answer? You've, you're killing me. Can I phone a friend? No, I you mean, weren't it, ready for that. It's, it's really you? not that in depth, right? <laughs> no. Yes, final All answer. Right. Jess Pryles answers no. Has she ever heard of Smoked Barbecue Source? And she's right. She's never heard of Smoked Barbecue Source. <laughs> I mean, of course you're right, right? I mean, you know. have you really never heard of it? So here's the thing. I yep. know there's some amazing websites out there with resources. I don't frequent them because I have my own site and I feel sometimes when you focus too much on other people's sites, you can dilute your own information. So I just so I've, keep the blinders I've on. been secretly just trying to ask that question to folks because Derek Riches did an article on popular barbecue websites. And typically the folks that I hang out with, the first thing they're going to say is, you know, like AmazingRibs.com or, you know, Meathead was third on the list. First was Hey Grill Hey. And then second was the Smoked Barbecue Source. I had never heard of it. Derek said he had never heard of it until he ran this article. So now I just randomly ask folks that I hold in high regard in the industry if they've ever heard of Smoked Barbecue Source. Here's the kicker. Smoked Barbecue Source is from where? Yeah. Australia. Uh, <laughs> Believe it or is not. Is it just like a link tracker thing? No, it's... Like a link circle? I mean, I don't know how to explain it. And, and I mean, no offense to Joe Clements, who's the owner. He's been on the show. I mean, I've talked to him a number of times, all this stuff. But, you know, as for, for name recognition, it's just not there, mm. you know, for a lot of folks, I guess. But I would akin his site to an amazingribs.com. There's a lot of beginner basic stuff there's a lot of product review stuff sounds like it's a real source yeah so it's a, it's a smoked barbecue if source you will. there you go mm. all right stand by cool. for this a barbecue central show exclusive news update <gasps> welcome to the breaking news desk here in cleveland ohio where we break all of the live fire breaking news that is breaking across the land and i am here to tell you folks at hardcore carnivore if you didn't know has a new Rub out. It's called Tex-Mex. How about that? 
Yay! So let's talk about the Tex-Mex seasoning that you have recently launched. And for the folks that aren't aware, and if I forget one, please correct me, Black Rub was the, yep. let's call it the flagship launch. Then you had Red. Correct. And there was Amplify. Yep. Then You're there was Michelada. And now... And there was Camo. Oh, there was Camo and then Michelada? Camo Michelada. Before Michelada. Uh, Okay, yep. Camel, then Michelada, right. and now Tex-Mex. So si. I, we have two different questions here. Kay. Where do, uh, why Tex-Mex? And then after that, how do Michelada and Tex-Mex differ from each other? Good questions, Thank both you. answerable. <laughs> why Tex-Mex? Um, I come up with seasonings in terms of what I would use in my own kitchen. Uh, I live in Texas. I love Tex-Mex food. I love Tex-Mex flavors. So that was a real, uh, it wasn't a real stretch. So instead of sitting down there with like a whiteboard and a whole bunch of suits and going, where are we going next? Where's the market trending? How are we doing this? I go, what will I use most of and therefore be able to genuinely recommend and genuinely show people how I use it in my kitchen? So it was a Tex-Mex. The difference between Michelada and Tex-Mex, I can understand why that confused a lot of people because Michelada is our chili lime seasoning mm. that was done in partnership with Lone Star that's Delicious. kind of like a beer salt slash carne asada situation. Michelada is a true chili lime. So really earthy chilies, real lime juice, but not much else. Tex-Mex is a full-blown taco and fajita seasoning, so you'll get a lot more cumin in it. Um, there's I plus G, which is like an MSG alternative. So it's a flavor enhancer that's natural without freaking out people who don't like MSG, who don't really have any reason to legitimately dislike MSG. Is that hard to find? No. Is it widely used no. and people are darn talking? I don't know if I knew that there was an MSG alternative that acted and did more or less the same. There's kind of a thing. lot. Most like hydrolyzed proteins and yeast extracts are all like hydrolyzed corn proteins. They're all just flavorful ingredients. So it's, it's other ways to boost umami and just general sort of flavors. Um, and then, I mean, salt acts in a similar way in that it opens your taste receptors to be able to, to be enhanced flavor. Mm -hmm. So I plus G does that too. Most good fajita seasonings will have some kind of MSG in them, but you know, it is important to a lot of people to have that sort of cleaner label. So we went with an alternative point is I've been really excited about it. Everyone who's received it. I know you have too. I don't know if you've had a chance to cook with it yet, yes, but everybody has had, phenomenal feedback which is really exciting because there's something quite special about sharing like hey i really like this and i want you to try it and then someone else going oh i really like it too you know it's very it's very gratifying so i'm not a huge at home mexican food maker and i am going to maybe not share everything i do from a mexican thing for fear of ungodly <laughs> backlash but look where I'm grown up at. I mean, I'm upstate New York, by and large, moved to Cleveland uh, middle school, high school years. And, and get, I mean, Cleveland, not necessarily known as a Mexican food hotbed, <laughs> as many people will attest to that, of course. So, like, for instance, you sent it to me, and then I think the next couple days, we browned some ground beef, and where we would typically break out the El Paso taco kit. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Let the crunchy taco shell slander occur and the emails commence. No, nothing wrong with that. I said, hey, F this. Let's go ahead and try this Just Pryle stuff. And so we just kind of seasoned to taste. And it mm -hmm. was so, so there was some familiar things going on with it. But then there were upgrades in the taste as well. And it was you know, a, a much easier process as well. We use some decent ground beef and everybody. But I love the way you good. described it. Yeah. I like that. It's like, it's got the full leather interior. It's got the electric sunroof, you know, it's got the drop down running boards and that's what you want in a rub and a yeah. seasoning, you know, you want the upgrades. And I, I just want to make sure that I'm using it properly. So there, I mean, mm -hmm. what have we come to realize about rubs? They might be made with some intent, However, it is widely recommended that you 
let that freak flag fly when it comes to trying it on other stuff? Like, what else have you tried it on that might be a little outside of the box that works? Usually, I'm all for that. In this case, you did exactly what I intended, which is get rid of that foil packet taco seasoning and use this instead. Some of the times, those can be quite old, and we know that spices lose a lot of their pungency. And also, uh, as with anything, you know, we we do use more expensive spices, and you can taste the difference. So, um, I used a lot on carne asada, just which is a fancy way of saying put it on some skirt steaks and then grill them and then cut them into small pieces and put them in a taco. Mm. Your choice, crispy, soft, doesn't matter. You, it's your right to taco and it's your right to choose. And um, fajitas and tacos would be the main thing. I think you can do really easy dips, especially as we come into tailgate season. So like a cream cheese and a sour cream with some of the Tex-Mex and you've got a, a taco dip, essentially. You could throw some ground beef in there if mm. you wanted to. I've just thrown up a recipe for a queso that, that includes it as well, which is that beautiful... Tex-Mex cheese dip. So that broke the internet over COVID last year. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that one. Yeah. But this one's better because it's got Tex-Mex in it. We've had discussions before about how cognizant you are of the brand and that you won't just release stuff to release it. And certainly, mm-hmm. I'm not breaking any news by saying this isn't the only Tex-Mex seasoning that's out on the market. So as you're looking at all the other stuff that would be technically competing just because it might have a similar branding or name. How do you differentiate yours from the rest? That's another great question. Obviously they pay you the big bucks for a reason, but they do. Seriously. So they do. So it's interesting because I started this thinking, oh, I'm just going to have one or two and that's it because this is what I want to put out there. I want to put something quite different out there. And I do stand by all the seasonings being very unique. But what happens is, you you know, Hardcore Carnival has its own dedicated following and including me at home. And it's like, well, but I, I why am I using these another brand like an old El Paso for, for a fajita mix or a, or a taco mix or even, you know, stuff that I brought home from Mexico when I should be using my own. Can I make it? Can I make it taste better? So what we've been pivoting to do, what I've tried to do now is, like I said with this Tex-Mex, is I use this. Can I do a version of it that's going to be better than what's out there now? Because I know that hardcore carnival fans will also have call for it too. So that's sort of how we're, we're moving forward now with, with the new flavors. Are you familiar with a Mexican dish called chori pollo? Uh, I'm not, but I can guess. Oh, I, I have to play the song because I said chori pollo. I apologize. Part and parcel. It's all right. Um, I'm going to Mexico tomorrow. Did I tell you that? Uh, no. Uh, oh. oh, yeah. Okay, I'm not going to say I'm anything. I'm here for it. Oh, by the way, uh, no, happy can. anniversary, of course. Thank you. Just how many, how many years is this? One, two? Two. Two. Right. Two. Nice. Two. What have you learned being I mean, married you know, over two years? Late bloomer. <laughs> that I'm not going to win every argument. <laughs> Is that what you went into thinking? You were going to win every argument? <laughs> yes, because I'm usually very convincing. <laughs> yes. No doubt. Uh, where are you going in Mexico? Like uh, someplace you've been before? I'm not asking you to give the specific place, but is it someplace you've been before? Or are you branching out? No, so I'm going to Oaxaca and I'm I'm very excited about it because this is part of sort of what feeds me as a as a cook and and just lover of food. So I'm going to explore new flavors and just be inspired and eat at the markets and take lots of Pepto Bismol just in case. Uh, so chori pollo is, of course, you could surmise the chicken part of it, but it's also mm. as you might be able to surmise chorizo sauce. <laughs> And it's kind of put those together. Yeah. So, and then it's served dish side of the Mexican rice side of the beans. And then it's mm-hmm. got, you know, where I'm at, they only give you three of the soft tortillas wrapped in aluminum foil. I don't know why it's three. They give you enough for at least double that. And then I got to look like a fat F when I say, can I have That's more, why. please? And they're like, mm. oh, sure. Mm-hmm. You're fine. But it's delicious. But when I was originally bringing this up to Sam, the cooking guy who lives in San Diego, and boy, mm-hmm. do they really think that they're Mexican food experts over there because they're so close to Tijuana. I said, I mentioned this. He's like, 
Chori Pollo, and he let, scoffed at me. He said, no self-respecting Mexican restaurant would ever serve that. In fact, they're laughing at you in the back when you order it because it's not even a real thing. Would you try it? Yeah, I would try it. I think that's more authentic. than The Tex-Mex restaurants here have hamburgers on the menu. Like real hamburgers? Like on the kid's menu. Yeah. Huh. Like like a kid's going to walk in and go, oh, sorry, I don't like cheese enchiladas. Give me a hamburger. That kid shouldn't even be in that restaurant. Yeah. Outrageous. Come on. Is this going to be the end right. of the rubs offerings for you? No. Or are you, you, in, I mean, you in constant motion on this stuff? Yeah. I am now. Uh, we mm. actually are going to be bringing out a limited edition holiday rub this year. Does it have yep. nutmeg in it? It doesn't. <laughs> it does. Damn it's not it. pumpkin spice. <laughs> <laughs> that would that would be the limited fall edition, and then the limited Christmas would be you know nutmeg or clove or uh, is, right. is there going to be peppermint bark <laughs> in your rub God. for Christmas? Could be it. Obviously, I need you in the R&D department because yes. you're nailing this much better than I oh, do. No. Uh, yep. So let's talk about the most recent thing that you did with a sponsor of this show, Smithfield mm -hmm. Fresh Pork. So you did some videos with it. Now, I'm always interested in how relationships are struck. So is this the thing where Smithfield reaches out to Jess or have you had a, a working relationship with them and... You're just continuing on with that? What's that whole thing look like? This is a new relationship for me. Hmm. So they reached out to me to work together. And um, just because of the timeline, it's been a little slow. But they, I am one of their stable of people. Um, they have a whole bunch of barbecue pit masters. And we've kind of tried to pivot away from using that phrase, not because of the, the, <laughs> the uh, gender, but just because... I think it's really important to kind of open up to not just be a pit master when we talk about pork or live fire cooking. There's lots of different ways you can do it and you can, you can, you know, grill and asada and all that kind of stuff. And it doesn't necessarily come under the guise of pit master. So I was in Chicago filming a bunch of content for them, which was really, really exciting. Um, and yeah, they've been wonderful to work with so far. Is this stuff that we're going to see come down the pike from a finish standpoint, or is this all going to be used internally mm -hmm. or for whatever else or? It's actually going on their um, uh, uh, Facebook group. They have a Facebook group that you can join um, that's sort of specifically catering to live fire and barbecue recipes, and that's where you'll find it all. Are you going to be at the KCBS Smithfield World Championship thing in a couple months? I I am not. Not on this occasion. They have some wonderful other representatives who I'm sure will be Do you know about it? There. Sure. <laughs> uh -oh. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll believe that. Did you get to eat anywhere good while you were in Chicago? Because quite frankly, I did, I was... <laughs> it is my assertion that Chicago is not only a great food town, but it might be top mm. three food town in the nation. I know, and I really squandered an opportunity. I, I was literally in town for 24 hours, oh. including three hours on the tarmac uh, at O'Hare. So um, Only three yeah. hours? So I did it right. Yeah, right. Um, I didn't, but I, I did make a short list because I hope to go back and I can see exactly what you see. I really want to go and eat Greek food there because we had a lot of Greek food in, in <laughs> Melbourne, Australia, where I'm from, and I really miss good Greek food. So, Like lamb, a lot of good lamb. We're talking with Jess Priles from HardcoreCarnivore.com and JessPriles.com, and you can follow her on all those associated social media accounts as well. A little while back, you posted a video on the aforementioned social medias about washing meat. The video goes <laughs> crazy, generates a ton of views. But as I read through the comments, it signaled to me a few different things. One, I'm not going to bother getting into it tonight as I fear it puts you in a no-win situation. Whether you're right or not, you're just not going to win. But the one I will ask you about is whether this concept of or or perception of safety sits with folks because it appears that some folks will flatly refuse to hear what science says on this subject and in turn refuse to change their practices. So can you give me a brief overview of what this whole video life cycle was and what you've been able to take away from it? 
Well, isn't that a good microcosm for the world we live in at the moment? I know. Really? I'm, I'm thinking of as I'm talking out loud, people are just tuning in and are like, what the hell is he talking about? We're, we're talking about we're washing talking about meat, meat, you mother of Washing meat. Relax. That's right. Yeah, we're talking about washing meat. So here's the deal. Uh, reposted a video of, of someone rinsing a steak um, and did a PSA, uh, which you can find on the USDA website that they recommend you not wash meat and explain the same reasons, which is when you cook meat, you will effectively kill any bacteria that's on the surface. Um, that rinsing with water won't rid that anyway. Um, it may remove some just by sheer force, but it certainly uh, doesn't <laughs> make it sterile. You should not use soap. But the idea being that you actually take more of a risk washing the meat by having micro droplets splash off the meat that can potentially carry bacteria and infect your kitchen. So mm. it's a it's a cleanliness standard. So they're like, don't even bother with that step. Just cook it. You'll be right, basically, is the message. And there are a lot of folks that got brought up um, in just in their households by being taught that you have to do it, um, that it's unclean if you don't. And really a lot of it just lies in the fact that they don't understand the science behind it. They don't understand that the heat killing the bacteria. Um, some of it is cultural in terms of, um, you know, we have a, a better food system here in the United States. So we see less sort of foodborne illness with things like uh, trichinosis, um, things that you would find in second and third world countries where you do have to cook the meat a different way. So that that's there's more hesitance there, but there's he same hesitance, for example, with a rare steak, right? Um, but there was a lot of pushback, a lot of, well, you can, you, that's fine. I'll just keep doing it the way I want, which is re just really frustrating to hear like, oh, that's okay that you've like, that you are in a graduate program for meat science and it's okay that this is the formal advice from the United States Department of Agriculture Health Services that mandates all of our meat, but no, I'm good. I'm going to stick with, you know, I'm just going to keep washing it. So that's basically what happened. There were a lot of, I'm just going to stick with keeping on washing it. Some people can't this break away like, from what their like mother's taught code. Them, You know? Yeah. yeah. They, they just don't yeah. want to hear it. My mom washed her chicken. My mom washed her raw meat by the way if you go back through the history of the show outside of this conversation that we're having and this would be years ago you can find a segment with me and meathead from amazingribs.com where he flatly says do not wash chicken underneath the sink it will spray mm -hmm. those nasties all around your cooking utensils and countertops and you will be doing more harm than good so just don't do it Bust out the paper towels, get the slimies off if you want, and uh, but don't put it underneath the sink. So you know, back in twenty, here we are in twenty twenty one, and you're echoing the same sentiments and and still getting the same kind of pushback. Really weird. Mm -hmm. it, it's super weird. A lot of people also said that, that they oh, they're like, well, I don't wash it with the running water. I just immerse it in a thing of cold water that also has lime juice and lemon juice in it, which is just a waste of lime and lemon juice. Honestly, <laughs> maybe they were trying should to go get in a, your margarita. A quick, quick marinade. Also washing with a quick marinade <laughs> and then just to go yeah, ahead yeah. and drain that sink. And I'm sure they don't wash it out after that, but who cares? Do you want to answer some Instagram questions real quick? Yes. All right. I'd Wonderful. This one. Make is, them good though. Well, I, I mean, I can only ask them. I'm not the one making the questions up. So let's hope. Okay. All let's right. hope. All right. uh, this one sent in from Jay Wheelie three. That doesn't sound weird. He asks you, Jess, what's the number one thing you must do to ensure a moist brisket? Um, buy the best quality meat you can and make sure that it's a, um, make sure that it's a packer cut. I, I don't think that you'll ever have a truly moist flat that's cooked by itself. It, it needs to be a certain size to happen. That's, that's the one thing. Does it have to be wrapped? Yeah, you're right. Okay, so that's it. You've answered it. Next question. I mean, I can I can go into other tips, but yeah, well, let's get, he he was very specific. Let's yeah. just answer his question, right? That's the number one thing. Uh, next question at yeah. Northern Lights BBQS. Jess, do you have different slash specific uses for lump charcoal and briquettes? Um, I only use briquettes. I for two reasons. One, I'm sponsored by Kingsford, which is important to like disclose. 
But two, I chose to engage in that sponsorship because I found myself only using briquettes at home because it's a much more reliable and consistent burn. So I know how much heat I'm getting. I know how hot it's going to be, especially when you're in a position where you can be asked to cook on the road and cook on an unfamiliar grill. Um, and there's a lot of variables there, you know, even as many times as I've cooked a steak in my life, there's always the curveballs that can come your way. So it just takes some of the guesswork out of it. Um, and I generally use their professional or their original. Uh, my name is not Jess Northern Lights Barbecue, but I use Lump for high heat grilling and I use briquettes for overnight cooks. Thank you. At Mac Techie asks, Jess, what's your favorite lesser known thing to barbecue or live fire cook? Oh, man. Um, I don't think it's lesser known anymore. I feel like it was tri-tip, like smoke tri-tip to medium rare for a long time. I, don't come at me, Californians. I'm not talking about it the way that you I do it. I thought you were going to say lamb, like, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I feel like also you say that I'm I'm about to experiment with doing a whole lamb soon. I'm just I'm just trying to logistically manage that, but I do want to smoke a whole lamb. Um, just a lot of weird steaks, like a lot of inside skirts, outside skirts, bavettes. Love carne asada, anything like that. But honestly, I I will kind of I do feel like I was at the crest of the wave of the medium rare one hour smoke tri-tip. I started doing it. I remember showcasing it in 2018 at Beef Australia, which is a huge literal beef conference that happens there. We cooked up, I don't know, 250 of them. And I've just, it, I've been doing it for a long time as, as that sort of showcase piece, because it's a great example of like how to use a smoker with a quick cook. So I'm a big fan of that. You can find those recipes on my website and hardcorecarnivore.com. Want to play a game to end the show? Yeah. <clears throat> Between these two, which is the best Pantera song? Cemetery Gates or This Love? Cemetery Gates, riff, riff, riff. Riff, intro, riff, bridge, up, down, feelings. Final answer? Cemetery Gates, lock it in. Between Cemetery Gates and This Love, Jess Pryle says, Cemetery Gates is the best pair Terra song. Oh, so close. Of course it is. <laughs> this Love. And there's just no two ways about it. But it was you were very except close. That, you were very close. Except that Drag the Waters is better than all of them, but whatever. We were so, just we were cool just story, choosing be these we were just choosing between these two, no doubt about it. Uh anything else going on before I let you go you'd like to promote or potentially wet our whistle with? Uh, do keep an eye out for that holiday seasoning. We can't talk exactly about what it is yet, but it'll drop within the next month um, on hardcorecarnival.com. And um, I'm actually really excited about it. I think it'll be great, especially if you're into frying. That's all I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, no, thank you. It's always a pleasure to be on here. Sorry we had some technical difficulties with the last last one, but you ask great questions and it's always a fun time. So I'm glad to be a Hall of Famer. Well, the good news is like in three weeks, you're turning right around to do it again. So yes. strap in and get ready for more live fire talk. All right. Awesome. All right. Thanks for coming on. There she is. Just Priles right there. Just Priles.com, hardcorecarnivore.com and follow her on all her social media haunts as well. Very entertaining follow. And by the way, if you're in the mood for recipes, don't say, hey, do you have a recipe? Go to the website first, jessbriles.com, and search her recipes. And if she hasn't done one, I guess make a suggestion. But search first before you ask. I would imagine she's probably done a take on whatever you're asking her to make. Thanks again to Jess Pryles. Let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Two lines to choose from. A choice line and a prime line. Yes. Now the choice, you want to save a couple bucks? All right. You don't need Wi-Fi connectivity. You don't want to control the grill through your app or have internal meat probes, things like this. Fine. Choice is what you want. They have a, they have a Daniel Boone size. Knock your socks off. Now you want to spend a couple extra hundred bucks 
because you want Wi-Fi connectivity, because you want to be able to control the grill through the app that they have. You want three different sizes. All right. The Prime comes in Peak and Ledge. They also have a portable version called the Trek. So you can take that and the impending tailgates that are coming up. College football season starts this weekend. Week after next, we have NFL. You know, that's going to be tailgate like crazy. You can take that Trek wherever you go. You can plug it into the 12-volt in the car, and away you go. You have wood-fired goodness through the pellets. And you're really not sacrificing a huge amount of capacity for the portability. Now, if you want something on the back deck or the patio or whatever you got, the peak and the ledge will fit your bill. Peak in windows on the main cooking chamber, on the pellet hopper, they have two internal meat probes. And again, you have all the Wi-Fi and app connectivity that you want. Plus, those two will accommodate the pizza of an insert. So that's something really fun that if you get either of those because they will accommodate them, it's great fun. Pizza with the family every Friday, if that's what you like to do, no problem. GreenMountainGrill.com, sold through dealer networks. So find one near you. Go to GreenMountainGrill.com. Get educated by the dealer. Take the right home. Take the right one home with you. And get that pizza oven insert. You'll thank me later. All right, we're open the rest of the way. So if you would like to jump in, you want a phone call, you want to do any of that, 216-220-0966. You can also email me if you would like, greg at thebbqcentralshow.com. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the number one most downloaded barbecue and grilling podcast anywhere. The Barbecue Central Show. Celebrating over 10 years of prolific and unparalleled live fire barbecue and grilling talk. And yes, it's still being done from Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. All right, we are back. Speaking of Smithfield, they sponsor this segment. Smithfield.com is the place to go for grilling season recipes. Grilling season's all year long, folks. doesn't matter if you live here in Cleveland with me or wherever the hell you live. Do it all year round. You can get tips from folks like Chris Lilly and Darren Worth, Ernest Cervantes, Charles Criddle, and it sounds like Jess Pryles as well. Coming soon. Mouth-watering flavor, no artificial ingredients. Smithfield fresh pork, quite simply, the finest pork money can buy. It is the trusted choice of world championship pitmasters for use at competitions and at home. So there you have it. Where am I? Here it is. So where are we going? Well, of course, we're going to give you a paragraph or two. We're close now. We're a little bit more than halfway through. Processing, cooking, and buying horse meat for human consumption. By Leon Kennedy, of course, we know that. Not Kennedy, Kenny, that's what I meant to say. We talked about T-bone steak last time. We talked about top round and top sirloin last time. And this week, we're going to be talking about roasts. All of horse meat... All <laughs> Of all horse meat cuts, the roast is the most difficult to prepare with consistent success, possibly because most cooks attempt to prepare it as if it were beef, and oven temperature for beef are much too high for horse meat. Cooked at temperatures exceeding 250 to 275, the horse meat roast loses the greater percentage of its natural juices, which in turn causes the meat fibers to shrink. The result is a tough, dry, rubbery roast. We don't want that. Nor can the juices be sealed in by pre-oven searing. <laughs> what? Leon? <laughs> what are they doing in 1952? They didn't know that pre-oven searing doesn't seal in the juices. I Just by sheer... What do they call that? 
when you do something, I don't know, knee-jerk reaction? Just by sheer reflex, that's what I want to say. I was just going to toss this book away. I mean, I'm insulted. I have to apologize now. And let's just point out, this was written in 1952. We know through science, searing does not seal in the juices of any meat, beef or horse or otherwise. However, I will continue to read and rephrase. Nor can the juices be sealed in by pre-oven searing. The pores of horse meat do not sear closed like beef. On the contrary, unless the piece of meat has an unusual amount of natural fat, fat. searing seems to open the pores of the meat even more, allowing the juice to escape more quickly and completely. Horse meat, before processing by the butcher, contains 7.1% less fat than beef. After processing a horse meat roast, contains virtually no at all. Certainly not enough fat to ensure successful cooking under customary cooking methods. In some areas where local laws do not prohibit, the butcher may lard a horse meat roast with strips of beef suet. Grind beef suet into his ground meats and work beef suet into his cube steaks. However, it is not wise to depend on this practice. It seems traditional where horse meat becomes generally accepted that local laws are soon enacted prohibiting the horse meat butcher from handling anything but horse meat, even to the extent of forbidding the use of beef suet. This is anything but enlightened legislation. Unfortunately, it is a fact that must be taken into consideration in any discussion of horse meat cookery. We continue. Thusly, in a general way, there are three primary rules for consistent success in roasting horse meat. One, low temperatures. Two, artificial sealing of the meat pores to preserve the juices in the roast. Three, introduction of fat, fat into the roast. The following sections on roasts and their comparative goodness will include a number of suggestions by methods by which the horse meat roast can be properly prepared. Folks, that's all I can share with you today. Next time around, we'll get into oven roasts, rolled top sirloin roasts, rolled sirloin tip roasts, and then cooking the roasts. I mean, have I given you enough to talk about? you got to be kidding And then there's this. Uh-oh. California man allegedly pleasing himself when he crashed into two cars. <laughs> A California man was allegedly self-loving himself behind the wheel leading to a car crash this past Monday morning involving his vehicle and two other cars. Fox affiliate KMH reports a 31-year-old man crashed his car near Marketplace at El Paso Shopping Center around 10.15 a.m. after he is said to have started loving himself while driving around the city of Fresno. The man then got out of his vehicle, walked away from the scene of the accident. He was detained after being found by Fresno County Sheriff's deputy at a nearby Dickie's restaurant. You see, that's why we're folding it into the and then there's this portion of it. I would have given it no party otherwise, but because there is a barbecue restaurant called out, it is barbecue news. Police said there were no injuries reported. The man was transported to a nearby hospital 
It was also cited for misdemeanor hit and run, everybody. What, uh, indecent exposure didn't want any of that? Uh-oh. Some kind of misdemeanor self-sexing? That's not a violation. You cite him for hit and run, but the story regales self-pleasure a number of times. As part of its 2019 self-pleasure report, the sex toy company Tenga, which everybody knows, conducted a study where they surveyed 10,000 adults from nine counties and their self-loving habits. Researchers found that 6% of male respondents admitted to pleasing themselves while driving compared to 2% of women. Hey, 6% of you people are 8% in total between men and women. What the hell are you doing while you're behind the wheel? Stop that. You're going to hurt somebody. Or worse, not hurting somebody and having somebody see what you're doing, call the cops, and you're going to jail, (laughs) loser. Look, I'm not getting down on folks who are getting down on themselves or with themselves. Do it at your house with the door closed in the privacy of wherever the hell you should do that. But don't do it behind the wheel of a car. Weird things can happen. People can see you. Phone calls can be made and you can end up in jail where you're not going to have to worry about self-pleasuring you are going to have to worry about something else, though. Watch out. Self-loving behind the wheel. That's where we're at now. 8% of you in nine counties in California are doing that. According to the Tenga study, which, of course, I immediately call into question. Hey, Big Papa Smokers is the one-stop online shop for all things barbecue. A curated selection of only the best outdoor cooking and grilling supplies will get you on the path to better barbecue results in no time. Known for the championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners on the competition circuit, and in the backyard, offering 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary meals Also, if you're looking for new sauces to try, why not try Granny's Barbecue Sauce? They're the owners of Granny's Barbecue Sauce, a traditional and powerful flavor reminding you of why you fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Not only do they have Granny's, they have many other award-winning sauces as well over at the website, and they're selling cookers. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2-Star General Pellet Cooker. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offering special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Try the Old Hickory Ace BP, the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. If you're not sure of what grill you need, call him 877-828-0727 or shop the website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And see what they have. Big Papa Smokers, proud sponsor of the show and proud to have them. All right, we're back to wrap the show. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpy. All right, we are back. And this portion is brought to you by Vortic Watch Company, a small batch custom and watch manufacturing vintage restoration company located in northern Colorado, taking antique American pocket watches and turning them into wristwatches, just like this bad boy. Their mission, preserve and enhance the legacy of excellence in America. In order to do that, they combine traditional and cutting-edge technology to create unique, quality, functional timepieces with exceptional value. Here's the coolest part. Each watch that they make is unique and one-of-a-kind. Founded on the motto that America wasn't assembled, 
It was built. Check out VorticWatches.com for more information. Question coming in from Chris Sailorman. Is that Barbecue Central shirt he's wearing? It is a Barbecue Central shirt that he's wearing. And if you go to Amazon.com and you search BBQ Central Show shirt, I believe it will actually show up. I don't inventory anything. I'm not really into selling that much stuff into the like product-wise to the fan base. So I think they still have them. I make zero money. I made sure I priced them at zero profit to me. So whatever the price is, that's the price that they're charging me. But again, I don't sell a boatload of them every week, so I'm not going to even mess with that inventory stuff. But search it on Amazon. If not, maybe we'll do a run-up after the fact. Who knows? All right, let's go ahead and get out of here. All the way back in the first hour, we talked with first-time guest and owner of New K Grills, Matt Brothers, NewKBBQ.com. That's N-U-K-E, like nuke. NewKBBQ.com. Then we talked with Tim McKeska. He broke it down for us on why brisket prices have been so high and supply and demand and the history of it. What the outlook is currently, how you as a consumer to protect yourself on best prices and how to get them. And he was offered a top man gig, but denied it. Nice. Second hour, Jess Priles from JessPriles.com and HardcoreCarnivore.com talking about the Tex-Mex rub, bringing other rubs to market. There's going to be a Christmas rub that's going to be coming out that's limited edition. We also talked about washing meat, why you don't want to do that, but why people were giving her a tremendous amount of blowback on it. And while she was really close at picking the right Pantera song, she picked the wrong Pantera song. This love is better than Cemetery Gates, but it's close. Big show planned for you next week. We will be in September, if you can believe it or not. Technically starting tomorrow, but next Tuesday we'll be full on into it. Malcolm Reed will be in. Maybe we'll have a Mark Williams sighting. Sam the Cooking Guy is here as well, plus others. So how do I always leave you? September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Till next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now. Hi, this is Jeff Stone of Grandpa's Fried Barbecue from the Panhandle of Florida. And you are listening to the Barbecue Central Show.